the Denver Nuggets, they are taking on the Dallas Mavericks in the first in-season tournament game in Denver Nuggets history. How will they bounce back from the game they played versus the Minnesota Timberwolves where the offense just couldn't seem to get going? Plus, the Denver Nuggets play their second back-to-back of the season versus the Chicago Bulls tomorrow. How do we think we'll do this weekend? We're right here on Locked On Nuggets. You are Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On everybody, I'm Swiper, your host of Locked On Nuggets, and I'm so glad to be here with you today. Look, this is your place to be for your team every day, and we got a lot to dive into. I'm trying to tell y'all right now that this is going to be an incredible, incredible weekend. We are getting the in-season tournament in the NBA is starting this weekend. This is the first time in NBA history we got a brand new way that we're going to be watching basketball in Denver. And y'all, if you haven't seen the pictures, if you haven't seen the pictures, go find me on Twitter at SwipeAcam. I just retweeted from Katie Wingy. The in-season tournament court is nice and blue. <laughs> it is very blue. It is a very blue court, but it looks, I'm not going to hold you. It looks, doesn't look bad. It does not look bad at all. If you go to the website or you go to Twitter and then you type in, type in swipe account, I just retweeted Katie Wingy, and the court is very blue. It has the in-season tournament trophy, has 5280 in the middle of the trophy, and then at every free throw line, basically the free throw line in on both sides of the court, uh, you can see the trophy as well. Uh, says Denver Nuggets with some branding on the edge of the court. It's definitely going to be something that you have to get used to a little bit. If you're a 2K player at all, it kind of looks like a my player court a little bit. So it's going to be really interesting to watch. We'll see what happens, y'all. But, y'all, the Denver Nuggets, obviously, they lost their first game of the season versus the Minnesota Timberwolves the other night. And, you know, I know a lot of people were pretty, like, calm and collected about it just because like you can't win every game and you're not going to win every game and sometimes the Nuggets aren't going to show up and this game in particular y'all the Denver Nuggets had a 91.8 offensive rating which is one of their lowest offensive ratings in any game in the last several seasons a 91.8 offensive rating in that game again for a team this good and this dominant offensively that was a horrible and a historically low performance They only shot 5 of 27 from 3. They were 9 of 23 at the rim. And then they also, they were 19 of 34 from the mid-range. But that's a lot of attempts from the mid-range for the Nuggets. And again, for them to only make less than 20% of their three-point shots, approximately 18% of their three-point shots, that's just not different than basketball. And plus, shooting less than 50% at the rim. So I think that when we're looking at this and we're evaluating the Nuggets' that are going to be appearing tonight versus the Mavericks and tomorrow, as we'll talk about in a little bit, versus Chicago Bulls, I would say expect the offense to be better because the process will be better, and that's just typically not how they play. Now, again, give credit. 
give credit to Rudy Gobert, Carl Anthony Towns, Jaden McDaniels, Anthony Edwards, Nod Reed, Nikhil Alexander Walker, Mike Conley, Kyle Anderson. Without a shadow of a doubt, definitely give them a lot of credit. They played very tough. They played a lot of defense, and they knew they had something to prove because, again, they got out 4-1 in the first round last year. People felt like on their end that if they had Jaden McDaniel, if they had Nas Reed, the series could have been a little bit different. Now, obviously, I would say, two, even if they're one a really high-quality role player, another good role player, I don't think that would make the difference in the series and the outcome. Maybe they win another game. Maybe they close out game five. Maybe they're able to do that in Denver. Maybe they're able to close out game three. Who knows? But I'll say this, is that they wanted to walk into the arena at their place, and they wanted to let the Nuggets know that they weren't afraid, they weren't going to be pushed around, and that last year might have been last year, but it ain't sweet this year. We're not going to just give up. We're not going to lay down, and that's what they did. So that was the, the great thing about the matchup is I think, you know, obviously you got a chance to hear from Matt after the game, but I think if you just look at the way that things unfolded, the Nuggets started the game as if they were sleepwalking. And especially offensively, uh, when you have a team that plays on a string like the Nuggets do and everything they do is inside out, it's attacking the rim, getting to the spot in mid-range on some DHOs with Kenny, Kenny Pope, or if you're coming around for a curl screen for Michael Porter Jr. or something like that, finding open opportunities. Jokic working in the high post, low post, trying to find cutters, find slashers, hit the corner for MPJ or for KCP. Jamal Murray picking roles that were being disrupted by Jaden McDaniels and Nikhil Alexander-Walker. That's why that game, for me, was so good. Because you got a chance to see a team with some playoff-level defensive intensity early in the season that you didn't respond to well, but now you can actually evaluate what went wrong, why it happened, and then we know what to do going forward. And again, it's not that the Nuggets can't overcome that in the regular season. It's just that sometimes... When you play versus teams that are on a mission and you're, again, they had played a a few games uh, on a string already by that point. You know, they had played a back-to-back and then they had a day off and then they went to Minnesota. Like all that stuff put together, I think, is what kind of led to the evisceration. Not to say Minnesota can't beat the Nuggets when they're at their best. I think they can. But again, I think whenever you're a team that's typically known as the inferior team because of talent, cohesiveness, because of your ceiling and because of your coaching. The Nuggets have better coaching, they have better talent, they have a larger uh, ceiling, and they have a higher floor than the Timberwolves do. And they have things they can get to that are better and higher execution offensively than what the Timberwolves have. But that doesn't mean the Timberwolves are a bad team. So I say all that to say is that the reason why we're talking about the offense fixing itself, because this is going to be a natural progression of how the NBA season goes. And so while obviously you don't want to see the Denver Nuggets have poor matchups and not be able to perform at a high level every night and have lapses and be down 18 to four and all that kind of stuff. What did Aaron Rodgers say years ago when they went on a playoff run? R-E-L-A-X. Relax. It's going to be all right. I don't know y'all are good too, but I do think the Nuggets offense will fix itself. But y'all, I mean, even on the season, the, the, Nugg- the Nuggets have actually had like, a very good two-way season uh, so far to start the year off. Uh, they've been very good defensively for most of the year, very good offensively for most of the year, and then they just ran into a stinker. But right now, the Nuggets are shooting the best from the field of any team in the NBA. 
which I know for some people might sound surprising. But again, if you just paid attention to how the Nuggets have played so far this year, then it makes sense. So again, it's an extremely short sample size. That's not what this is about. Obviously, it's a very short sample size. But if y'all go to Cleaning the Glass, I know I've told uh, a lot of y'all about this before. If you go to Cleaning the Glass, the Nuggets are second in the NBA in two-point attempts at the rim. And the only team ahead of them is the Pistons, and they played one more game in them. So they have the Pistons lead them in two-point attempt by one. The two points made, rather. Uh, so the second and two points made this season. But the Nuggets are shooting 60.1% from two to start the year off. 60.1% from two. That's asinine. That's asinine. On the year, the Denver Nuggets currently have a 113 offensive rating. Again, dropped significantly after the Minnesota Timberwolves game defensively. Uh, 105.3 defensive rating. Now, you know, they played the Wolves, the Lakers, OKC, very good offense. Uh, obviously, they played the Lake, the uh, the Memphis Grizzlies, not a good offense. So it's not that they played in Utah. It's not that they played a lot of, like, completely dominant offensive teams. But OKC, the Jazz, you know, there have been mid-level offensive teams so far. So the Mavericks currently are the second best offense in the NBA. And we're going to get to that. Uh, here in the next segment, folks, there's definitely going to be some defensive things they're going to have to get into and lock into tonight. But if you just look at the way the Nuggets are performing on the year, again, they're shooting a very high level from two at 60.1%. And then on the other end of this, they're shooting 74% at the rim. They're shooting 58.5% from three to 10, so that floater range area. They're shooting about from the initial uh, mid-range area, 41.9%, and they're shooting 34% from three. So, again, that 34% from three is very low because now they had that stinker versus Minnesota. So when I say the offense is going to fix itself, the process is going to fix itself because that's how the Nuggets always operate. Their shot making is the best in the NBA, basically, when it matters most. But it's still going to be the process that helps them to get back to where they want to go. So, y'all, in segment two, we're going to talk about the Jokic versus Luka matchup, the in-season tournament starting today, and how the Denver Nuggets will defend the Dallas Mavericks and take advantage of their not-so-great defense. But we'll be right back on Locked On Nuggets. So... Basketball season is here. With prize picks, you can now pick a combo of projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projection that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at 10.5 combo of three points made and reception. You want to play alongside some of prize picks' favorite players like rapper Meek Mills and comedian Andrew Schultz. You can find community plays under the promo tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the PrizePick community each week. PrizePick even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players get injured. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits in the game in the first half so it does not return in the second, the player is rebooted. PrizePick is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. Now, I love using PrizePick. Y'all know I'm big into fantasy, 
So this is something I love to tap into myself. Now, again, tonight you can look at if you're playing daily fantasy, look into the Jokic Luka matchup. There's some great, great combinations to be found in there. Now make sure go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use code locked on NBA for a first deposit matchup of a hundred dollars. So we're back for segment two here at Locked On Nuggets. And y'all, yes, sir, I can't wait. I cannot wait. This is always one of the best matchups of the season. Always one of the best matchups. You get the Balkan showdown between Nikola Jokic and Luka Doncic. And right now, Right now, ostensibly, it looks like that the Mavericks are going to have a pretty loaded roster that's going to be coming into this game. And so if I'm checking the Mavericks player reports right now, it looks like Jason Kidd is going to be out, head coach of the Dallas Mavericks because of an illness. But as of right now, I don't see any player that's going to be out for them. So what this means is this is going to be a high-scoring game. This is going to be a highly contested game. This is going to be a game that is going to require a lot, a lot, a lot defensively from the Denver Nuggets. So KCP, Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr., Peyton Watson, Christian Brown. Load up. So this is the game that your skill set is going to be most required because playing versus Kyrie Irving, playing versus Luka Doncic, even Tim Hardaway and the rest of the roster that they have, this is going to be a fairly good challenge. And so right now, uh, it looks like Kyrie Irving is going to be uh, a game-time decision. Maxi Cleaver is going to be a game-time decision. But let's presume that those players are going to play. So right now, as I stated earlier, the Dallas Mavericks currently have the second-best offense in the NBA. They have a 121.0 offensive rating, but they have a 111.5 defensive rating, which that currently ranks in the NBA 19th. And so their offense is really good. Their defense is back to being mid, um, like it's been for a lot of the year so far. Um, but again, this is a team that likes to pass the ball. They're a heavy isolation team as well with Luka and also with Kyrie Irving in it. But they're a very efficient offense as well. Very efficient. Right now, currently, they have the third most efficient offense in terms of true shooting uh, in the NBA at a 61.2 average. Uh, the Celtics are first with 62.8. The Brooklyn Nets are first, second with 61.5. Uh, they also play with a decent pace as well. Uh, currently, the Dallas Mavericks, let me see, they are sitting at 14th in pace. Uh, 101 possessions so far in the NBA. The Nuggets, obviously, as y'all know, they like to play slow, 98.2. So this is going to be an important matchup because now this is about how are the Nuggets able to lock in enough defensively to where they can contain one of the best offenses in the NBA and making sure that their defense is collapsing and rotating at a high level. Because Luka Doncic, especially in the pick and roll, is going to be a highly effective player. He's a good pick and roll player. So is Kyrie Irving. And so when they are in those actions, how are they able to get Aaron Gordon, Jokic at the level, 
Jokic, Michael Porter Jr. at the level, Jokic, Jamal Murray at the level. And then even in the postgame, Jamal Murray, a six foot four and a half, six foot five guard. But Luca is going to target some of these matchups versus him and versus KTP because he wants to find out a way to obviously get some advantages offensively. And so, also, too, I don't know if y'all know this name, but if you don't know, I highly suggest uh, looking him up. But y'all, the Mavs have one of the most interesting young centers in the NBA and Lively. And Lively, when he's been on the court so far with the Mavericks, they've actually been a much better team than with him being off. Uh, currently standing, their starting lineup is Luka Doncic, Kyrie Irving, Grant Williams, Derek Jones Jr., uh, perhaps, and then uh, Derek Lively. And Derek Lively, man, you know, he is just a really good athlete at the center position, and he offers them a lot defensively. He's about seven foot one, 230 pounds. Now, obviously, him facing Nikola Jokic, that's a whole different brand of basketball. So him locking in there is going to be really important. But I think that this is going to be an interesting matchup because of the way the Mavericks are able to space the floor. And so this is going to be the biggest opportunity the Nuggets have had to really stress their defense and to really figure out ways to make sure that they're staying connected to each other and that the communication is hot. That's the first thing. Now, the other side of the ball. The Nuggets should be able to get whatever they want uh, for a majority of this game. Now, Derek Lively is a good a good defender for a rookie. Then you have Grant Williams as well. Y'all, Maxi Kleba and the rest of that roster, they're just not a high-level Dwight Howe. They're just not a high-level defensive team. Josh Green, uh, they just don't have the ability to stay in front, especially at the guard position. So the person that struggled the most in the first half versus the Minnesota Timberwolves was Jamal Murray. We all know that. Uh, Jamal Murray didn't have the most consistent game, the best game. Again, I believe he was 5 of 7 in the second half, so he started to figure it out. But by that point, the game was out of reach. It was too late. You know, the Nuggets were already down 18 points, down 20 points. They needed him more in the first half. But then now, having Kyrie Irving and then having Luke on the other side and then even having Tim Hardaway Jr. or Seth Curry or Dante Exum guarding him. And then Josh Green. And Josh Green, again, good young player as well. But Josh Green is no Jaden McDaniels. And I don't even think he's in the kill out under Walker defensively in terms of on ball versus guard. So I think this is going to be an opportunity for him to get his legs back underneath him. Because Jamal Murray was having a really good start to the season uh, before the last couple of games versus Utah and then versus the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. You know, he down averaging 18.8, 2.8, 7.8, 55.5 true shooting. So that's just not good enough, obviously, you know, especially for somebody who is being hailed as a top 20 player in the NBA. But it's nothing truly to worry about because we know who Jamal is. And we know that when money time happens, when the season gets at its highest in terms of most critical time, and then also when we get into the playoff, that he's one of the most dependable players. I would argue Jamal Murray is one of the 10 most dependable playoff players in the NBA. You know, some people say that because of joke, but I've watched enough of Jamal Murray. i watched every game of his playoff career, just like you have. You know what he is. And so I think a lot of this comes down to early season execution, getting to your spots, early season shot making, and getting to the rim. Because if you are struggling and you can't hit shot. If you get to the rim, then you're putting yourself in an advantageous situation where you can score at a higher level. You know, again, the last two games, Jamal Murray shot 36.8% versus the Utah Jazz, and then he shot 31% from the field versus the Minnesota Timberwolves. Now, he's taken 11 threes the last two games. Um, He's made four of them. So, again, 
for somebody like Jamal Murray, that's not good enough. Now, you want him to be at least 4 of 10, because that's where Jamal is. He's a 40% three-point shooter. He's a great shooter. Uh, his free throws have been off. He was shooting 100% the first couple games of the year. Uh, Jamal Murray is now shooting 76.9 because he is 4 of 7 in the last two games as well. And also, once again, like I'm saying, Jamal Murray has to get to the rim. Jamal Murray has to get to the free throw line because especially for somebody like him that can average 23 and a half and 7 in a regular season setting, that he needs to be able to create easy looks for himself at the rim and at the free throw line. Because that's how you get there. Like, you know, Joel Embiid, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Luka Doncic, that's how those players, take Gilgis Alexander, that's how those players get to 30 points a game, 28 points a game, because you're able to get to the line and you can score at a high level. Jamal Murray, it's just a highly efficient shooter. Highly efficient shooter. So he gets a lot of his points, uh, as you would say in some of the NBA Twitter world, is ethically. He gets a lot of his points ethically, but I think tonight, this is a good opportunity versus Kyrie, versus Luka, versus the rest of their guard rotation to really try to attack. Now, Nikola Jokic, you know, we expect him to have his way today um, just because that's Joker. And Joker on the year, having a very good year, averaging 26, 12, and 7. Again, 65.6 through shooting. That also dropped uh, because of this last game. So you definitely also want to see him have an uptick this game as well. Um, shot 47% from the field, uh, 48% from the field. Uh, versus the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, before that, his season low was 54.5, which just goes to show you, man, Jokic is just a freak of nature, man. So I'm looking for two players to have a bounce-back game today. One, Jamal Murray, as we just went over. The next one, y'all, Michael Porter Jr. Michael Porter Jr. is currently averaging 10.8 and eight rebounds and two assists on a 50-true shooting so far this year. Now, again, I want to be clear, Michael Porter Jr. also noted as the training staff did, he's had an ankle injury. His ankle injury has obviously affected him. And this ankle injury also has been serious enough to where he said this is something that he's had to adjust his game in order to deal with. So as he gets healthier and as he's able to feel his from the foot down through the shot, his shot will continue to get better as well. Now, he shot over 40% twice this year, and he shot 33% and under three times this year. So, again, a lot of that is a function of mechanics, that if your mechanic feels off from your base, then that affects your shot. And then even mentally, you can start to rethink how you're shooting, and that can start to cause you to press a little bit. So, Michael, as he gets healthier and this weekend and this week especially, because they have a string of games coming up, four games and six nights they have coming up here soon, I think this is a great opportunity for Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. to pick it up. So, y'all know I like to give y'all uh, some lead-ins on what, Shout out to you. Uh, shout out to you, Snow Wolf. Said he got third row seats tonight, y'all. If anybody else is going to the game, let me know. Especially y'all, when I'm in town, uh, when I'm in Denver, you know, definitely want to have me talk or something like that. I would love to meet some of y'all because I know y'all are diehard. Y'all been around for years. Some of y'all are new fans as well, either or. Um, I would definitely love to meet y'all. But y'all, uh, prediction for the score tonight. Bounce back game for the Nuggets. I'm saying the Denver Nuggets win tonight's game 118 to 111. 118 to 111 win for the Denver Nuggets. Jamal Murray has a better game. Michael Porter Jr. has a better game. Spot up shooting, especially 15 plus points for Michael Porter Jr. And I would say a 24 and eight, uh, 24, 24 and eight. I go 24 and eight for Jamal Murray. 24 points, eight rebounds for Jamal Murray. 15 plus points for Michael Porter Jr. 
And I think Nikola Jokic is in triple-double watch tonight. But, y'all, uh, segment three, we're going to talk about the Nuggets versus the Bulls uh, because they play on Saturday in a back-to-back. And then we're going to talk about how that matchup could go and what to be looking for here on segment three. We'll be right back on Locked On Nuggets. So, y'all, make sure you tap into the NFL season right now with FanDuel. New customers can get $150 in bonus bets with winning with any winning $5 money bet line. Now, that's $150. $150 with any winning $5 money line bet. Now, if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So make sure you visit FanDuel slash locked on and get ready to kick off this NFL season and tap in with FanDuel. So, y'all, we are back with segment three here at Locked On Nuggets. And, y'all, this has been a great show so far. We got a lot more to tap into because we got to talk about the Denver Nuggets versus the Chicago Bulls. Man, I don't know about y'all. I used to be a huge Bulls fan back in the day. Everybody used to love watching Michael Jordan. Anyway, y'all, so look, the Chicago Bulls, how do I put this lightly? They're in a bit of a mess. The Chicago Bulls are in a bit of a mess. Now, the Bulls on the season have a negative net rating in five games of a minus 7.2. Their offense is bad, a 105.6. Their defense is also bad at 112.8 rating. A 112.8 puts the Bulls squarely at the 21st best the 21st best defense in the NBA, and their offense is the 25th worst in the NBA. This team does not have a lot going for it right now. The Jamar DeRozan, Zach Levine, and the Patrick Williams, Nikola Vucevic, like Kobe White, that team is just not getting it done. And this team has been in talks now for the last couple of seasons about who can we trade who can we give up? And Zach Levine might be on the move. You know, I said on Twitter that when the Philly got recouped all those assets for James Harden, that Zach Levine is a player um, that you can project might be uh, available um, in the trade deadline. Uh, but I would say that this team coming into Denver, the last time they came into Denver, they won in that March game that the Denver Nuggets had versus them, and they couldn't stop anybody. But again, obviously, it's not that time. But again, I, I predict that the Dallas Mavericks game versus the Nuggets, I think the Nuggets are going to get a win 118 to 111. I think this game at home, setting the tone for the season. And again, especially in the Western Conference, the more wins you pick up early, because I think it's going to be such a dogfight, the more wins the Nuggets pick up early, then the more they don't have to worry about March when it comes around, if you can take care of these matchups. So this is the game that the Denver Nuggets should win, because again, it's not that the Bulls are not a respectable team. DeRozan, Levine, Patrick Williams, Caruso, Nikola Vucevic, they're all good players. They're already good players. So a lot of this is, is how will they execute? And after coming off the Dallas Mavericks game on a back-to-back, especially if they get a win versus Dallas, carry that momentum into the Bulls. You want to make sure you're securing home four. Securing home four is very important, and you want to make sure that you're protecting that. And so early in the season, I do expect them to come out with a level of intensity 
uh, to be able to deal with that team. Now, uh, DeMar DeRozan on the year, averaging 21.8, 3.4, and 4 assists, um, 43% from the field, not super efficient. Zach Levine's averaging 24-4-1, and one, uh, not a lot of playmaking. He's also shooting 40% from the field as well. Uh, Patrick Williams uh, is shooting 26.7% from the field, four points a game. Booch is shooting 48% from the field. He's averaging 15.8 and 12 rebounds, so a good double-double guy. Uh, Kobe White on the season is averaging 9.8, 3, and 4 on 31% from the field. Yeah, man, their offense just isn't great. Caruso is averaging 52% from the field on 7, 5.6, and 2.6. So, again, that's definitely a player, uh, especially defensively. Jamal Murray looking out for that matchup. Um, but, yeah, man, this team is just not a team of shooters. They're not efficient. And even if I pull up the Bulls here, their offense is, like I said, isn't great. Neither is their defense. Uh, but on the year, y'all, the Chicago Bulls have a 51.9% true shooting. A 51.9% true shooting. And they have an assist percentage of 49.7. And y'all... That's the worst in the NBA. So, like, they're not even passing the ball, which means they're probably a heavy isolation team. They're an inefficient isolation spot-up team. So, this is absolutely a crew of players the Denver Nuggets can contain. Uh, but, again, it's about executing on their side. And I think taking advantage of these matchups, especially in the pick and roll, if they're going to put Kobe White uh, or Levine, for that matter, uh, onto Jamal Murray, and then using a pick and roll with with Joker versus Bush, you know that's the easy matchup. And then spot up, Jamar DeRozan is not a good defender. Zach Levine's not a good defender. Kobe White's not necessarily a right at home. Uh, I tell everybody about a defender. You know he can get in good effort in here and there. And then Patrick Williams is uh, Patrick Williams is a good defender. He's also not a good offensive player right now. So another game that the Denver Nuggets should get. So the Nuggets should go two and zero over the course of this back to back versus the Mavericks, uh, then versus the Bulls. They need to get their net rating back up. The Denver Nuggets dropped precipitously after that loss to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, they can get their shooting efficiency back up. Both of these games, they're going to have opportunities versus not great defenses. Like I said, on the year, Dallas Mavericks have the 19th ranked defense so far. Uh, and then the Chicago Bulls. Let me see. The Bulls are at 21. So 19 and 21. Both of these defenses can be had. Their nuggets are bigger than both of these teams. I want to see them get on the glass and win the rebounding battle. That should be the expectation. Jamal Murray bounced back both of these games, and Michael Porter Jr. has an opportunity, especially tonight, to bounce back in both of these games, y'all. But that's going to do it here for Locked On Nuggets with your host, Swiper. Make sure y'all tap in. We will have another episode coming out this weekend, potentially tomorrow, but definitely Sunday night, Monday morning, as we recap the weekend and the different nuggets back-to-back. y'all. Make sure y'all like, subscribe, and share with the Locked On Network so that way you can tap into your team every day. I'll see y'all on the other side.